that's kind of the catalyst for her to say, okay, you know, recently within the next, you know, the last two months for her to say, okay, you know, I think we should get a divorce because I'm having these feelings again. I must not be in love with you if that's how I feel. Like this can't be right. I thought it was a, it was either or, right? Like I've been taught the person that you're with, you can only love that person. So if you have, you have a sexual feeling for someone else, you must not love the person you're with. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 134. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Kate and Chris. They are very new to this all, non-monogamy. So new that we got them... We hooked the fish before they've even really started swimming in the non-monogamy pond. Yeah, they were just about to open up their relationship a little bit, and coronavirus hit. They got bitch slapped by the COVID. <laughs> so this is it's actually a really fun conversation because while they've done a little bit of chatting online, and they really haven't, as we said, haven't really dove in yet. So we get to kind of hear the evolution. And that's the other really exciting thing is they basically reached out and said, hey, We've never done this before, but we want to basically document the journey. So they'll be back. Yes, they will. Or they won't. Ugh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, guys. We <laughs> That's a little extreme. <laughs> They will be back. <laughs> no matter what Finn says, just ignore him. That's true. Always a good plan. First up, a few quick announcements. Community announcements first. We have our next virtual speed meet and greet on July 23rd from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. This is an event where we get all together in a Zoom meeting and then use the breakout rooms and give you all talking points to let you meet each other. So if you want to hear more about this or learn more about it, listen to last week's intro or outro because i talked about it for like 13 minutes (laughs) or just go to our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com click on the community tab and just read about it and then sign up you'll have a great time we promise yes the other quick announcements are patreon supporters we have a women's group call on july 21st as well as our next monthly q a on july 29th and if you want to learn more about those go to our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the community page and go read about how you can join that is a great idea (laughs) what do you think yes i thought you were gonna say more (laughs) no that was it (laughs) a quick announcement word from our sponsor alt playground uh alt playground if you aren't aware yet is a great place to meet other sexy open-minded and diverse people it is a dating site. It is but on the also, internet, uh, online. Yeah. You could also use it for meeting friends. Yeah. Well, the other cool thing about it is they have lots of other resources there. It's not just a place to meet sexy people to do whatever it is you guys do together. They uh, have a podcast corner and a video corner. Yep. And they also have links and uh, resources for different conferences all over the country. And again, just more and more ways to build community. And that's one of the things that we really love about what they're putting together is it's very community driven. And as you've kind of figured, 
we're very community driven. So you'll find us over there along with lots of our friends, lots of other fellow podcasters that you've heard on the show. So we urge you to go check it out if you want to. How do they find it, Emma? You can go to altplayground.net or go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click the links for Alt Playground. And real quick, there are no special codes for you. You don't have to type anything in. Uh, this is just you go, you sign up, and you have a great time. Yes. So go check it out. And with that, maybe we should go hear what Kate and Chris have to say. Yeah, let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Chris and Kate. We're excited to be talking, and we are at the, this is episode one of a 72-part miniseries that we've decided to. 72. Well, I mean, we got to shoot for the stars, right? How often do you want to do this miniseries? We'll we'll be doing these every day for the next 72 days. (laughs) No, no. But you are, uh, you reached out to us on Cassidy, and you wanted to come on and share sort of the evolution of your story because you're right at the very, very beginning. I mean, you are two months in, but you're you're roughly at the beginning and we're excited about that because it's not every day we get to talk to somebody before they've even taken any steps. I mean, you've taken steps. I'll stop talking. Well, and the, whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole thought here is to kind of talk to you two along the way, along your journey and do some further additional episodes. So welcome to the show since Finn kept talking welcome to episode and didn't one let you of talk. 72. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. No, we're excited. Well, now that I've talked for 14 minutes, do you two want to maybe introduce yourselves so everybody knows who they're listening to and who we're talking to? Okay. I'm 40, and my name is Kate, and we live in Canada. Basically, we run a business together. We have three kids, and we're stepping into a new new journey in our lives, so... And I'm Chris, and I'm 42, ditto, we business, kids together, and we've been married for 20, or together for almost 20 years. Yeah, 21 years, yeah. yeah. Wow. Out of, cur- out of curiosity, how did the two of you meet? My friend was getting married to his friend, so we met at their wedding. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, you've been exploring or talking about the idea of non-monogamy for about two months, you said, and... Yeah. Do you want to maybe take us back? How did the discussion start and when did they start? Well, and maybe have throughout the 20-ish years that you said you've been married. (laughs) Has any discussion of or even pillow talk of non-monogamy or with other people come up along the way? Or is it just a pretty new topic the last few months? I'm going to say yes and no. I mean, we have always been like, you know, kind of cool to have a threesome or whatever, but then like, but that's, I'm just joking, right? Like it was just kind of like throwing it out there and then, but I'm not really being serious or, or whatever. We were watched like shows on Netflix about swingers. We're like, Oh my God, I could never do that. I, I couldn't imagine that. Like, that's just seems like such a, like, I want to know the psychology behind it, but I don't know if I could do it. And then like, 
here we are. So. Yeah. I mean, we always have done a lot of sexual innuendos. We're very sexual people where we make a lot of sexual jokes and sometimes, you know, making other people uncomfortable, I guess, <laughs> doing it. But like one thing that we would always have is like when you talk about the number of partners that you had or something, Kate does this thing where she does this number thing. So she'll like, you know, say how many, what the number is, but then she adds some to it. So it's almost like a joke that she slept with some more people while we're married. And then we'd always giggle about it. And it was kind of this thing because she never remembers how many people we, she had actually slept with before we got married. So it's uh, we'd always play this kind of joke on each other. And it was it was always like a fun time and we always had some fun with it. So it was we've always been like that, where we would just do sexual innuendos and make sexual jokes back and forth. Yeah. But now I'm curious, and I know this is not necessarily on topic. What's the real number? She doesn't oh, remember. Not very much. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't like 700 and you just lost no, count like, after? I, he's my third and I'm his third. So yeah, there's... Not, not a lot of people. So yeah. it's, you know, I, and for me, I started out when I was really young. So the first time I had a sexual experience is when I was 12. Then the next time I had a sexual experience is when I was 15, but I ended up getting someone pregnant. So it kind of turned me off from the whole experience. And then I dated that person for a while. And then the next person I met with Kate, so... That's who I kind of stuck with faithfully for you know, 21 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing that. It's mm-hmm. interesting because I think, you know, it kind of brings up the question of how did, you know, there being only two or three partners, you know, before each other, when those conversations started to come up, how did it shift from no way we could never do that to what if we actually did that? How did that conversation evolve? Like you're talking two months ago now? Is that... Sure. Or when did, I guess, when did the conversation start to evolve out of like, we could never do that to what if we really did this? Well, I guess it's it's just been kind of like something we've thrown around just, you know, tongue in cheek kind of thing over the last 20 years. (laughs) And then I started listening to, I work out of town, so I have a quite, I have quite commute. So I started listening to podcasts and one of the ones was, I believe it was Love Link. And they have a whole bunch of different people on there, different, different experiences. It's a great, great, diverse podcast. And I started listening to this one. I can't remember what episode it was, but he started talking about polyamory. And I was like, what? Like, what is that kind of thing? Is that like, is that like that guy and the five wives in, in Utah kind of thing? Like that, that's the that show that I can't remember what it was, but sister wives or something. Yeah. 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 So I, that was like my only. I thought that was what it was, but then he started explaining things. I'm like, Hey, that sounds kind of like what I went, have been going through, or that's how I kind of feel or that sort of thing. So I kind of like put it aside because I'm like, well, that's not, I mean, I'm married, so I can't, I can't do that. Right. So I kind of like put it aside and put it aside. And, and then I think we just got, we were kind of at a point in our marriage where we were just getting really complacent with each other. And like, I would work nights, he'd game or whatever. We would kind of like pass once in a while. And I think it got to the point where we were just kind of like, roommates. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Kind of like more like roommates than anything. I mean, you have all that history, so you, you don't want to let go of that and you're really comfortable with each other, but it definitely wasn't as passionate as it was before or at times. So yeah, but like, we're still having sex like quite often, right? Like it's like, so basically nothing's wrong in quotation marks if you're having sex kind of thing, right? So, but um, not as good as could have been. I think both oh, of yeah. us kind of felt like the relationship wasn't where we wanted it to be and we needed to do some work on it. Yeah. So we kind of got to the point where, well, I did anyways, I was just like, this is not what I want. Like, this is, this kind of sucks. So I approached Chris and said, maybe we should get divorced. Like, this is kind of like cut our losses and just kind of 
keep going kind of thing by ourselves. And especially since I was starting to think about these things, I didn't had never told him about it. Right. So about me thinking I was polyamorous. And so I was ashamed. I was like, I can't tell this guy I've been with him for 20 years. And this is something he doesn't know about me. Like I felt, I felt like, I don't really know how to explain it, but I felt that he should, he wouldn't accept me even though I've been with him longer than I was probably like by myself. Right. So I think like maybe you felt some shame around it too. It sounds like well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's leaving out some parts too. Cause she does feel ashamed of some of the things that happened yeah. within the 21 years, but we've, we've gone through two infidelities where she didn't have sex with someone, but it was an emotional relationship. Yeah. But you know, looking back kind of where we're going now, it was kind of like, that was a good path to take because it was good learning experiences for both of us to kind of go down the path we're going down now. Yeah. So I think that worked out really well because the first time she ended up having an emotional affair, it was like, I'm an insecure person. And so, you know, so much so the first time my first girlfriend that I had, it was, you know, I was upset that she had slept with someone else before I had slept with her. So super jealous, right? And super insecure about it. And so, you know, when Kate ended up having an emotional affair with the first person, it, it almost would have turned into physical. I think the guy was kind of like manipulating her a little bit to try to get her to sleep with him, you know, focusing on the things that she was insecure about. And then, you know, I reacted poorly and it was, I was extremely mad. I, you know, I took it out on her and, you know, I kind of put a relationship back quite a bit. And then fast forward, I think it was seven years after that, Mm -hmm. she had another emotional affair with someone and really had feelings for this person. And I almost, you know, I hear the term compersion now. I didn't know that's what it was, but I felt so happy for her that she found someone that she liked so much that it was almost like, it's okay that this is happening because you're so happy. And Chris so, liked him a lot too. So it was, it, it was an interesting kind of a weird, like I grew up religious, right? Like Catholic, you get married, you stay with this person until you die kind of thing. Right. No matter what, what you're feeling or if there's love or not or whatever. Right. So I always felt, Oh my gosh, like this is, I'm going against my religion. I'm going against God. I'm like, I'm no one is like, everyone's going to look down on me for this. So, but then I also went through a a sort of a spiritual waking where I'm not really, I'm not religious anymore. Right. So I think it's been a slow process of just little things happening along the way and have finally kind of came to a head almost like it was very, just bubbles, right? Like the pot was bubbling, 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 and just kind of finally came to that point where I'm like, well, I mean, if there's this other guy at work that I'm kind of feeling attracted to. And that's kind of what was the catalyst to me asking for the divorce. Cause I thought, you know what? I am not going through that shit again. I'm not putting him through that shit again. I'm just going to just, let's just end it. And I will be a horrible person by myself and I won't have to worry about, you know, letting him down or letting myself down or that sort of thing. So yeah. So then a couple days later, so that was the second you're talking about that was the second affair or that was more recently. That was the third. So this is the catalyst. So the, the last one, the, the guy that's at her work now that she started having feelings for, that's kind of the catalyst for her to say, okay, you know, recently within the next, you know, the last two months for her to say, okay, you know, I think we should get a divorce because I'm having these feelings again. I must not be in love with you if that's how I feel. Like this can't be right. I thought it was a, it was an either or, right? Like I've been taught the person that you're with, you can only love that person. So if you have, you have a sexual feeling for someone else, you must not love the person you're with. So then I'm like, I'm such a bad person because, oh my God, I, I thought about him sexually. Right. And 
it's kind of, that's like, you know what, I'm not, I don't want to do this and I don't want to put him through it. And that's kind of what made me say, you know what, like, I just need to be by myself because I'm not a nice person. So then a couple of days later, I'm like, I think I, he kind of said, well, what, like, why do you want this divorce? Like why it's kind of out of the blue, right? Like we finally got our business going, our kids are getting older. We're spending more time. Like when you could go vacationing and yeah, cause I used to work a lot. So I'd work 15 hour days and I was traveling a lot. So we didn't get a lot of, spend a lot of time together. So when we purchased this business, which was in January of this year, I was super excited because now I'd be able to spend time with her. So for me, it was this different type in the relationship where I was like, Hey, now I can get out of this rat race where I can spend more time with Kate which is what I want to do. And so it was kind of the shock to me that she said, well, I don't want to be married anymore. And I think we should get divorced. So I was trying to reel with this. Well, why are you feeling like that? I don't understand. Like we don't fight. We have a good relationship. We have good sexual chemistry. Like I don't understand what's wrong. And so, you know, just going through it, I think, you know, and it's a good thing this whole COVID thing was happening because oh, yeah. it, it forced us to be, you have to be together. You can't move into separate houses. So it was kind of a good thing that way. Yeah. So we ended up talking it out over the next couple of days and basically two months of 24 hours, <laughs> 24 hours. Yeah. Talking, a couple right? nights, we only got a couple hours of a couple hours yeah. of sleep, but it was so many great conversations about, well, how are you feeling? And, you know, going back and forth and having an open conversation and open communication. So it was, it was really good. And then finally she told me, you know, the second night it was late. It was like 1 a.m. Oh, yeah. We didn't get to sleep till about four or five if we even slept. But she told me that she thinks she's polyamorous and that's the reason that she wanted to get a divorce. And so, you know, the natural interesting for me was like, well, that's going to hurt. So I kind of shut myself off and said, okay, I have to remove myself from your life. We can't be friends. Like I'll support you however I can, you know, financially or whatever through the divorce. But I can't learn the stuff about your, you know, your life as you're going through being with these different people. And so then that's where we kind of ended the conversation. She went to sleep and then I went to go sleep in a different room. And then I, I couldn't sleep at night because I felt so bad about trying to build these walls up and block her out of my life where it's been someone that I've been with for 21 years and I care about. And it hurt more to build those walls up than just to support her and help her through being polyamorous. So the next day, I went on and I started doing some research about polyamorous and, you know, doing some webcasts and, or uh, the podcast, learning about what is this stuff all about. And then I sent her some links and then that just started leading into conversations where, you know, I, you know, after reading and doing some research on this, I said, this stuff is pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm glad I'm helping you. And we went down this direction of me supporting you because this feels so much better than me building walls and blocking you out. And the more research I did, I kind of thought, well, actually, I'm kind of into this kind of stuff, not so much in the polyamorous side, but some of the stuff where you talk about like, you know, what would be exciting to me is, you know, her having sex with other people. You know, I really like when Kate has orgasms. So that to me, that's super exciting. But then I started thinking, well, does it even matter if it's me giving her an orgasm? Like I could sit and watch that and that would be super hot for me too. And so, you know, for me, it wasn't so much my brain and my heart thinking about that, but you know, I would get hard on thinking about it. So then I'm like, well, clearly, obviously, I think this stuff is hot. His hotometer rose. This is my hotometer, <laughs> right? So I'm like, I can't, you know, this is obviously how I feel about this. This is something that I feel is very hot and it's very attractive. So that's when I approached Kate and said, you know, I might be into some of this stuff. Let's maybe talk about this further and explore this maybe as a couple if you're interested. And so that's where the conversation started to evolve. And then we kind of headed down the wrong path from there. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just right away. <laughs> okay. So 
This is amazing. I'm so glad (laughs) that was a lot, but it was, it's, I'm so thankful that you're being vulnerable and willing to share so much. So, but I wanted to just kind of summarize it really quick. And I guess from, as I've been listening, trying to take this all in and for the listeners, if they lost at all, got lost along the way at all. So quick summary, like both of you had a couple of relationships before getting together. You got together fairly young. So you don't have a lot of sexual experience. You've been together about 21 years. And so I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that change and that shift. But then most recently you said, you know, Kate, you've, you've listened to podcasts. You've kind of realized that you want to explore polyamory and you've brought this to Chris and the two of you have been talking about it over the last two months and it's brought all these conversations up and, you know, you brought it to him thinking about a divorce first, but now it's looking like the two of you want to try to explore non-monogamy together instead. That is a very good summary. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Try to be, I try to wrap it up sometimes. (laughs) No. And it's, I mean, it's amazing. And I think, you know, something that Emma touched on and that you touched on Chris was that, yeah, during the first emotional affair, you were really, really jealous. And then during the second one, not as much, or you were almost feeling the compersion or the happiness, the excitement for, I guess, how did that play out? I mean, obviously it it ended at some point, right? But how did you guys shift out of that just out of curiosity? You know, that's hard for me to answer because it was so long ago, but I, I think it's just from being older and then living with Kate for so long where we had such a good relationship that, you know, it was, it just felt good for me to feel happy. Like for the second one, it felt good to see her happy in that position. And I thought, you know, from my perspective, I guess I was thinking, well, if this is what makes her happy, that's what I want for her. Like, I mean, if she doesn't necessarily want to be with me, that's okay because this other person's making her happy and I'm fine sharing my life with, you know, this other guy and her and the kids together. And that would be great because I think he's a great guy. And to this day, I still think he's a great guy. You know, I really have a lot of respect for him. So there was that, and you know, part of the reason why it was so insecure and negative is just kind of how it worked out. Right. So basically what happened with that one was I didn't know anything was going on. We ended up going to a friend's birthday party at a bar. And so, you know, Kate was sitting on my right and this other gentleman was sitting on my left. So they're literally like a foot from me and they were texting back and forth about having sex. And so I didn't know that was happening, but me and Kate had the same phone. And so when I went to go pick up a phone, the only reason I found out about it is because I found the text on the phone, which I thought was mine, but it was, it was Kate's phone. So I think there was more negative connotation about how I found out. And, you know, what hurts about the the affairs is the deceit and lying, not so much about the sex. So with that one, I kind of had thought they already had sex. So I think, you know, we hadn't discussed that at all, that she hadn't had sex. And I mean, she's not... Kate wouldn't have said, yeah, I had sex with that person. Do you still want to be married to me? Because, you know, she would have had Catholic beliefs where that would have just ended the marriage. Yeah. And just to interject there. So in my mind, I thought, you know what? I'm not cheating on him until I have sex. So I was flirting with him and then we were talking about stuff. But in my mind, it kind of had, I kind of justified it by like, well, I'm not cheating on him because we're not, we're not doing it. We've never, I have never even kissed another guy. this whole entire time that we've been married. Right nothing physical. So it was kind of like, that's how I was justifying it in my mind. And I think, you know, after Chris found out, I think it was like him explaining how deep the hurt was that it didn't matter that it wasn't sexual. 
it I was almost worse because it was emotional and not sexual. And it's the lying and the deceit that, yeah. that kind of got me. And I think from the first one, what I learned there is that the sex didn't matter to me because I thought she had sex with the person. So, you know, I could deal with that. And like, it's not the sex that bothers me. It's what bothers me is that she was being dishonest with me and that she couldn't share that with me. You know, that's what kind of hurt me and that she was being so sneaky about it. And I think that's what, you know, not to put this on everyone, but I think for the most part, that seems to be what, you know, commonly hurts people about affairs. It's not so much about the sex. It's about that emotional part and the the lying and the deceit where they feel like, you know, the person wasn't comfortable enough to share that with them. So Mm -hmm. that hurt. Yeah. And I think going through the first one and then in the second one, I think the reason it didn't hurt so much is because I didn't necessarily care if they were having sex. But what I cared about is that I knew something was going on. And I think Kate kind of included me more in kind of that in that space in the second one where, you know, I was invited over to go hang out with those two and, you know, our kids because they were kind of family friends and I could see that they were having these connections together. We'd go grocery shopping together. And there was all these different things where you could see that they had the emotional connection. So I think from me being involved and being able to see how well they interacted together, that it gave me that compersion feeling. Not that I knew that what that was. I was just so happy that she was in a happy position that it made me feel great. It was like she was winning the Super Bowl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it felt wonderful. And then, you know, that relationship with that person kind of ended with her only because I think she I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I felt so guilty. Like I told Chris, I'm just like, you know what, like this is what's going on. And he's like, well, I kind of, I kind of knew kind of thing. Right. But I just, I couldn't, like I had lost 30 pounds because I wasn't eating. I just couldn't deal with the guilt that I had towards the situation and what I was, what I felt I was putting Chris through. So it was kind of like, Hey, I just, I have to just stop, like stop it and just ended it. And we started working on ourselves again and kind of getting back on track that way. So, yeah. Again, thank you for, for going back and sharing that. Cause I think it's, you know, it's, it's not easy to talk about, but it's, I think it's really helpful for people because there's inevitably somebody going through something very similar right now. Mm-hmm. And to hear that, first of all, that they're not alone. And second of all, how the two of you kind of went through it. And right, the first one, obviously, didn't go well. The second one, not that it was a, a party, but it was a much different story and much different yeah. outcome. Yeah. And then it came up a third time, like you said. And and now you're taking it to another level of like, what are we going to do about this? And it sounds like it's a, you guys alluded to, you went down a, a bad path to start with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't know what this was about. So, I mean, we'd listened to a couple podcasts and kind of understood. And I think, you know, one that resonated with me was Jason and Aubrey. The one that you guys did with them a couple Yeah. And then there was a video yeah. with them too. And so we kind of went over that one. And I mean, they're pretty advanced, right? So, I mean, they're into, you know, they started off, you know, with, uh, I think, three centers, what they started off with. And then they kind of advanced into, you know, doing single dates and those types of things. So we just kind of thought, well, that's what this is. And, you know, we didn't know where to start. And what Kate had told me kind of her, you know, ideal or, you know, utopia would be for being in an open relationship would be if she was able to go to a party and had the freedom to say, hey, I kind of got along with someone there and I want to take them home and I want to sleep with them. So that's kind of the premise that we were working from when we first started. You know, looking back, that's pretty advanced, I guess, if you want to kind of get into this, but we didn't know that. We had no idea. We had no idea. So when we started, that's kind of what we were, you know, the model that we were starting with to see, well, how do we make that work if this is something that she, you know, she feels that she wants to do? And this is the reason why she, you know, she felt that she needed to get a divorce. And this is a freedom that she needs. 
Well, and good on, but just to interrupt you, sorry, like good on you though, Kate, for like at this point, you're willing to share what it is, you know, your utopia, right? Like in my ideal world, it would look like this. And then the two of you set off as a team, like, okay, how do we make that a reality? And whether or not that's a, whatever you want to say, that's an advanced level move. The fact that you were both like, well, that's what she wants and let's see how we can make it happen. I mean, I think that's incredible. Yeah. What we, the, the mistakes we made there, I think personal, cause we didn't understand our feelings yet, or it didn't even know if we were comfortable with that yet. Just in theory we were. So what I did is I ended up like, ended up creating an OkCupid account because it talked about polyamorous people. No, and Tinder had, first. No, it was, it was OkCupid first oh, well, that, oh. because they talked about being able to like put a setting on there so you could say, Hey, we're polyamorous. Oh, right. So I thought, well, that'll be a good kind of way to kind of get into this so that we can, you know, meet people and then kind of fulfill this fantasy or kind of start moving down this path. And we went on there and there, there wasn't really a lot of people in our area. No, we and don't the, live in a large area. So, <laughs> and then the people that we, cause it's Canada, there's only 37 million people in the entire country. <laughs> so the, uh, and then we started looking kind of an area, there wasn't a lot of people and there wasn't a lot of people we were kind of attracted to. So then I went on to Tinder and, and that's kind of where the mistakes happened because I ran into people that I knew. Whoops. <laughs> so there was people that grew up with, you know, grew up with my sister and like, Hey, what are you doing on here? So then I was like, uh, shit, what do I say? <laughs> so that was a little bit uh that was a little bit did you did you make a personal account or, or uh individual account or did you make a joint no account? he made his own account I made my own okay. account, yeah which, he was just like a little kid in a candy store yeah <laughs> and, and i mean you know from my perspective i thought that you know when you talked about having open relationships or even doing uh, those type of things i thought it was just a sex fest so i didn't understand <laughs> he's like Woo, let's get this what it was going. at all it's just like yeah a different chick every night she's gonna have a harem so and that's not what it is right so but you don't know that when you first go into it so you know i started going down this path and then i started flirting with people on tinder as well and clearly i've been out of practice for 21 years so i'm not very good at this and i'm, I'm pretty direct too when i'm flirting he's super so, direct so super it's not direct. really even flirting it's, it's just like not even like a stating chase facts it's and just that is- like hey do you want to have sex <laughs> no okay <laughs> so it was uh it was it was well, at least you ask yeah <laughs> so it was a little rough going for us i think for the first little bit i think Part of the problem we had with that too is that it takes an incredible amount of time to oh. to try to you know meet people and try to actually have discussions with them on those platforms, and that's what we found right away. Where it was just like, hey, you're not spending time in our relationships; you're spending more time on, you know, building these other other relationships. That was kind of our first like thing that we had said before we started this was that we are each other's first, like we're primaries, right? Like we come first, no matter what it is. And like it was like two days later, and we're trying to have like. Chris and Kate time and he's texting this girl on Tinder right I'm just like okay well did we yeah. just talked about this? So that was that was our first debate and discussion over that it, it didn't go so well so then I felt so bad because I was like oh she is totally right I am just wasting time with this person and like I don't even know if things gonna happen and I'm you know I'm not even focusing my time on Kate so and Kate, did you have a Tinder account no. too at this point? No. Yeah. Well, and I think for her, I, she, I don't think she felt the need to create one because she already had the person at work. Yeah, I was texting this guy at work still. So I was like, that's kind of like where I'm getting my flirting in. So I don't, like, don't want to do that. So, And it, yeah. I think it was like for Chris too, he felt really like... Inadequate. Inadequate too, because he's like, the girls always get the guys. You know, the girls can have sex whenever they want. Guys it's a little bit harder for them because you know, they're guys and they're just like, they have to try. So I think he was insecure about that thinking that I was going to have all these guys lined up at the door 
and he's going to be sitting in bed twiddling his thumbs, you know. Well, they play Nintendo while yeah. she's having sex. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it gave him a little boost, and then he'd get likes or whatever. And I think I think it was good. I mean, it wasn't. It's a mistake. Like now that we look back on it, we probably shouldn't have done that right away or whatever. But we learned from it, right? So it's is it that bad of a mistake? No, because you know he got happy accident. <laughs> like Bob Ross would say, it's just a little accident. And he got this one girl like him were getting along really well, like re- like flirting back and forth, good banter and everything. And she was like, "Yeah, I'm down for friends with benefits." And he's like, "Sweet." Like, kind of, let's do this thing. And then he's like, "By the way, I'm in an open relationship." And she's like, "See you later." Nope. I'm gonna have to pass. Was her next response. <laughs> so I'm just like, "What the fuck?" I was mad. At I was like, "Do we go dry gulch her?" Because she just said she would be friends with benefits. And now she's not, what's the difference, right? Like, why does it matter that he's in an open relationship if she's willing to do whatever they want to do together, whenever they want to do it, right? So there was that. And then we kind of thought, you know what, this is not really feeling like what we want to be getting out of this. It just felt weird. Like, it just felt like, why are we still together then if we just want to date other people? Yeah, it felt very individual instead of a couple thing. Yeah. And you had a question too, I think, when we keep on. Oh, I was just going to ask. I had a funny question. What did you tell your friends and family that found you on Tinder? Oh. <laughs> what was your story? Oh, my God. So this lady comes on there. And her name was M. So she never put her full name on there. And it took me forever to figure out who she was. And then, so she had put on there, you know, we did, and it was a regular conversation. I was not flirting with her because she was like, Hey, so-and-so she, you know, Hey Chris, how's it going? I went to school with your sister. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like what is going like, Kate, look at this. Like what is going on here? And so then we just had a regular conversation and then I had to, I was somewhat honest. I said, you know, me and my wife are kind of going through a thing right now. We're deciding, you know, whether or not we're going to be on the same path. And I worded it wrong because that upset it. That upset Kate when I read it back to her. But so I was just trying to explain to this person that we might be going on different paths. And, you know, I was trying to create these excuses as to why I'm on Tinder so that it didn't blow up in the wrong way. And I definitely didn't want to say, by the way, we're exploring an open relationship because then that would get back to my sister who would not be accepting of this nor with my family. (laughs) And for us, I think, you know, this might be a good time to explain too. We've told two, two different people. So I have a friend, a male friend who I can share just about everything with. He is not in the lifestyle. He's my brother. So they're like best friends, right? So, Well, brother from another mother, because it's not a paternal brother. We grew up together. together. We joked around like their parents were swingers and they... Which is another story that's funny too, because we totally made fun of our parents all the time. That they were at the key parties because their son looks like my dad and I have a toe that looks like one of their kids. So, so it's different, so it was, different parents, but it's like the children are mixed and they're all born kind of the same period. So it's well, like yeah, it was four kids parties. in each part or in each family. And yeah, we're all, we're all like at least like just a month apart at the most. So we're like, okay, well this is a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, uh, me and him confide a lot in each other and, and share a ton of stuff. We're really good friends that way. And so he knows. And then also one of his friends know, from work as well. We actually, yeah. the funny story, we just told her tonight and we thought she knew. I thought I told her, like we got drunk about three weeks ago and cause I was kind of confiding in her about, you know, divorce and that sort of thing. Cause she's just gone through a divorce. I'm kind of like trying to feel up the waters. What, you know, like, what should I do? What, what did you feel? And that sort of thing. So I had told her three weeks after the divorce that, that we decided to do an open relationship, but we'd been drinking. She didn't say anything. So I just thought, okay, well, whatever. Well, she didn't hear that. So tonight, like we were out golfing all day and we (laughs) went out 
drinking and then we start talking about this and she's like okay what and we're like uh she ordered four more drinks just so she could hear the story she was like i didn't know you guys were in an open relationship so then we had to explain it to her so it was yeah it was a lot of fun. So two people know now. It's but, I mean, she's really cool. I mean, she's a lesbian. She's had threesomes. She's had group sex. So it's not like it's not like she was someone I was worried about judging me right away. So, but it was just, it was just really cute because it was kind of like we started talking about it and then she kind of like spit out her drink. Like she had never heard anything like, oh, uh, shit, you what? don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so how did you course correct from the... Tinder. Sounds like the Tinder was kind of a debacle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like it was that bad. It just you guys you started to spend work. yeah you started to spend more time on there than building what you wanted yeah. to build together. Right? Yeah, we just we just kind of talked about it a lot, and we thought it just felt more individual, right? We weren't yeah. this wasn't something we were doing together. Yeah. So, and I think what attracted us to the lifestyle was this is something that we could build on together. And what was unattractive for the single part of it, where you just kind of like don't ask, don't tell type thing, was it doesn't feel like we're doing this together and we want to experience this stuff together. And both the like, things that we both thought was erotic was watching the other person have an orgasm or watching the other person with someone else. We yeah. thought that was exciting. And if we do this separately, we don't get to see that. So it right. that was something that kind of was turned off. Did your perspective on it slightly shift then, Kate? Because you said originally your utopia was, I want to go to parties. If someone clicks with me, I want to be able to follow through with that. So has it sort of shifted since? Yeah, I think originally I was feeling really like smothered and trapped. And so I thought like that would be my ultimate freedom. Just to go be attracted to somebody, sleep with them and not worry about the next, like not start a relationship with them, but just not worry about Chris having to worry about it. You know what I mean? So I think that was like my ultimate freedom. Cause I just, I just feel like that would be something that I could get off my chest. Cause I've been like holding everything in for so long kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that was kind of like an individual thing, obviously. Right. Like he would not be there for that. So I think we have kind of like evolved. So first of all, we were like, it was going to be a, I thought I was polyamorous and we're going to do our own thing. And then I'm just like, I'm, but I'm not like now that I'm, we're doing this. I don't think I'm polyamorous. Like now that I've been doing more research on it, I don't want to have the same level of love for everybody in my life. Like I love this guy right here. I just want to have sexual experiences with other people. That's not really what I've been learning that poly is. So it was kind of like, I thought that's what it was because I didn't know anything about it. Right. Like, and then I was like, well, it's kind of changed. And then this is kind of changed. And so we've kind of gone through a little bit of an evolution over the last, you know, two months. And now it's kind of like, we want to do this as a couple, like this is, and we've had some really great sex in the last two months, just like thinking about it and like imagining it, like role playing, like if there was, you know, dirty talk where, you know, or bring in other types of things where you talk about like other people, you know, role playing in terms of like other people being in the room or those types of things. So that's hot to us. So yeah, we kind of enjoyed that part. And so what we did is we closed down the Tinder and the OkCupid account, and then we opened a Cassidy account. And then, so we created a profile together and then that was kind of our step towards let's do this as a couple. Yeah. It took us a while to the Cassidy cause I spelt it incorrectly when I was doing a search for it, because I talk, I heard Jason talk about it right on the, on your podcast with him and Aubrey and I'm typing it in and I'm like, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y. And then it was like, it's apparently a town in the States called Cassidy. So <laughs> <laughs> there probably is. Yeah, so that, it was like, what do you, I went on to it and I'm like, I don't think this is quite what, maybe they don't have it anymore. So then 
I listened to another podcast saying that they had spelt it incorrectly. So then I'm like, oh, so then I tried different spellings of it and everything. And I'm like, there it is. That's what we want. <laughs> For future reference, it's also on our website in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. So. <laughs> For but yeah, but yes. For those other I know. that are just listening right now, you yeah. don't have to waste a week on your... On, on Tinder your, and OkCupid. And Google, trying to find it. Yeah. yeah. And has the couple dating... Or I guess the couple exploration, how has that gone compared to the one, the separate searching? Well, definitely the single was way easier, way easier to find one person for one person than to find two for two or even one for two. Like it's, I don't know. I think like even listening to lots of people talk about it on the podcasts, it's hard enough for two people to click, let alone three people, let alone four people. Right. So, and I mean, we're not, at that point to just go and do something right now anyway. So, I mean, I mean, we're in lockdown basically <laughs> still. Right. So it's not like you could, if you wanted to, but yeah, it's definitely was easier for him to find girls yeah, just on Tinder. Yeah. But I like the experience more on the Cassie one. Cause it, it feels like more of a couple and you kind of, you know, everything that you send to someone else, you both get a share and you both have input in, yeah. you know, I like that part. It's open and honest for both of us. We get to communicate a lot about the information that we put on there. And then we've already, there was a couple kind of in our area that we've, you know, started chatting with. And even if nothing happens with that couple, like, you know, we explain that at least it's good to get into the lifestyle where they point you towards, here's some clubs, here's how you meet people. Here's how you kind of get started so i think that's been really good where you wouldn't find that on tinder i mean you know the first person that i met on there that was clicking with as soon as i mentioned i was an open relationship it was the hang-up button so this has been a more positive experience for me i'm kind of reaffirming hey there's you know there's people out there that have the same you know thoughts on the subject as me and and they're great resources too so they're like you know what if you ever need any questions like to ask us questions we can tell you resources we can like we can offer you advice or whatever. And you don't usually have that with you if you go to try to date someone singly, right? It's just like no one really offers that <laughs> as an option for the for the dating. And but yeah, like we tried the it's kind of initially also started because he's like, Well, what is your your fantasy? And I didn't want to tell him because I was like, I'll feel dirty. I can't say those things. And then I ended up telling him, I want to see you with another girl. Like I want to be with you and another girl. Like that is kind of what I fantasize about when I masturbate. So, and he's like, Oh really? Cause it, I would have thought she would have another wanted another guy. Like, but it was, she wanted to see me with another girl. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And yeah. the reason I thought it was really interesting because my fantasy was, you know, me and her with another guy. So two males and then her, you know, overstimulating her, I, you know, that was my fantasy. So I was like, well, this is pretty cool. Cause we have like the opposite fantasies. 20 years together. And we're just learning about each other's fantasies. So. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, if you think about a traditional marriage, yeah. you know, it'd be difficult to bring in a third person if you're both kind of built that way, or that's how you think a traditional marriage should work. So. Yeah. How you've been mind melded into thinking what a marriage should be, right? right. So, or what it should look like. Right. Which is complete BS because it should be between be what you two feel it should be, not yeah. regulated by a religious sect or, or society or, or even your parents. Right. So it's kind of trying to undo all the habits that have been grilled into our brains over the last 40 years. And we're trying to do that super quick. Like it's kind of been a really quick 
two month, mm-hmm. like big learning curve experience for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, sorry. Oh, the, you've done a lot in two months. Is that what you're Yeah, saying? I was going to say the, the thing that people shouldn't lose track of here is that the timeline we're talking about is like two months. So, yeah. and, it's, and it's been during a lockdown, right. like a whole so global pandemic, <laughs> which just adds a whole nother, I feel like level of uh, stress and anxiety sometimes. So, so maybe looking forward to episodes to come to future episodes, what is it, right? It sounds like you each have a fantasy that the other one is going to have to go ahead and, you know, Chris, you're going to have to sleep with another woman to make Kate happy. And she's going to have to do the same. Yeah, I'm going to force him to do that. Right. And and you're going to have to do the same for him. Right. What is like, what is the projection looking like for you two? You've worked through some things that don't work, some infidelities. Where do you see it maybe going in the next couple months or weeks? Well, I think what we've kind of decided on is to kind of, I mean, if we find someone that's a single guy or a single girl in that time, perfect. Great. But it's probably not going to happen. We don't have that expectation because we're realists. So this couple that are in another city, than that city from us, they said, you know what, if you want, we'll put together like a small meet and greet. You can meet some other people in the lifestyle, see how that goes. And then we kind of talked about that. Even if we just go just like it's not like no pressure or whatever, just kind of, just kind of see how it is. And I mean, if there's chemistry with someone, like, I mean, we'd be okay. Even like, just if we're having sex next to them for the, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's not like we don't have any timelines per se, or like we need to have this done first or that done after this. There's no progression really. It's kind of like, we're going to go with the flow, I guess, and see, tread those waters and then see how it goes and talk about that. And then we, you know, do our little, our little debriefing and say, okay, what do we, what do we like about this? What do we not like? What do you want to change? What do you want to keep the same? Where where should we go from here? So kind of take them in baby steps, I guess. It's more of a... No, it's good. I think we wanted to do some, I guess, networking with some other people just to meet other people and then learn more about the lifestyle, what mistakes they've made so that, you know, we can kind of learn from that to try to avoid those too. Because we've already kind of down, went down that pitfall with the whole like single thing and we're, you know, it was uncomfortable for us, but it took It wasn't a huge mistake. No, but it was uncomfortable for us to say, I think we're going down the wrong path, even though both of us were thinking it. So it's... Yeah you know, it's, I think we're in a way better spot now. So, I, you know, next steps is, you know, go eat with that couple, maybe go to a party, see what that's like, see what our feelings are like. And if, you know, things progress from there, because I, I think the thing, you know, the, the person that we were talking with from the other city, they were a little bit aggressive to start with. And then I think you just have to be assertive to say, yeah. okay, this is what we're into. This is where we're at, you know, and this is where we, you know, we plan to stay. And I think, you know, then they must got a lot of respect from that in return because, and they said, okay, well then we can set up some parties and introduce you to some people, you know, and we can even make the meeting a no play meeting. And then, so, you know, we responded, well, it doesn't have to be no play. You know, we don't want to put these restrictions on it, but we just want to see where it goes. So, but, you know, it has to be something that me and Kate are are comfortable with. And I think they understood that too. So like Kate was saying, even if we end up going to these parties, we meet these people and and you go to that and it ends up being soft play or it ends up being, you know, we just watch or we just end up having, you know, sex in the same room as the other people. I think that would be fine for us right now. I don't think we're at the point where we would be comfortable with doing a full swap immediately because we want to work through those emotions without, you know, causing tons of drama between both of us. So. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are some clubs here in the city and then in two surrounding cities. So 
And we also thought about trying that out, just going there. They have, well, when they reopen, they'll have like newbie nights or whatever. And just to go have a drink and just be watchers and see how people interact and see what the vibe is. And if we would fit in in that, in that situation, not necessarily, but like in the group situation, but just with that whole niche of people, because we, I mean, we are new, right? Like we have never been like that and us being who we are and who we were told we should be growing up, we've never been together somewhere and then decided to go flirt and make up with other people. Right. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I think it would be like, a, definitely like a baby steps kind of thing. And we've been watching a lot of swing lately. I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. have watched that before on Playboy. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I yep. the lifetime subscription. He accidentally, accidentally has a, lo- has a, a lifetime, lifetime subscription. subscription now, so. <laughs> so we've been watching that. And I think we've been watching the other one. There's one on there called triple play. So that's about threesomes as well. So we can understand, well, how do you, you know, how do you meet people for these circumstances? And it's for educational purposes. Educational. It's research. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, maybe a quick disclaimer that not everything you see on Playboy reflects true life. So maybe just, <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll just, we'll just throw that blanket disclaimer out there. <laughs> I think the thing that attracted to this, and, and that's what we're seeing so far in the community, is that you know a large portion of this uh, lifestyle is about consent and respecting one another. So I think yeah. you know that's one thing that attracts us to the the swinger, right? yeah, or the swing style, or is the and like just the difference. Like you see, like different documentaries I've watched, or even on like the Playboy channel, even though it's not one hundred percent real, <laughs> this the level of respect that people have for one another and their boundaries. If you went to a bar here. As a woman, you couldn't walk down to the bathroom without someone slapping your ass or someone saying something to you that was inappropriate mm-hmm. or non-consensual touch, right? Whereas yeah. when we watch the, you know, in the, in the lifestyle, it's everything's about consent and making sure everyone's comfortable and, and not causing drama. So yeah. uh, that's really attractive to us where it's, you know, you can kind of go at your own pace. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's interesting you say that episode, I want to, if I'm right, it's episode 107 with Chris and Fred. Their very first experience I'm looking it up. was... Because <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, they. He, it sounds bad, but they basically sent her to the swing club on her own because it was free for single women. You're right, 107. 107. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> they sent her... He, basically, they said, we don't have enough money to go do this. We don't know if we really want to do it, so... You go by yourself, it'll be free. And she said she felt more comfortable at the swingers club by herself than she's ever felt in any bar up to that point. And yeah, so yeah. what you're saying is not a one-off uh, experience. So it's great that you're saying yeah, that and that yeah. you've seen that. So I did have two follow-up questions on some things, but go ahead if you have one. I have one too. Go for it. Uh, it's the same one. So some people listening might say, you know, you're looking for threesomes, potentially, well, and and maybe something else, depending. But you also mentioned that, Kate, you have this friend from work. Has there been any talk of, like, exploring anything with him? Or where's that looking like you might take it, I guess, is my question. So we've been kind of talking about that the last week or so, because as we change what we want, how we want to see our relationship, that's that relationship is also going to have to change. So I have told him that I am in an open relationship, however, not ready by any means to have sex because we're not, we're not there yet. So he's kind of 
I think he's used to being a single guy. So he's hot in pursuit where, you know, he's being very assertive saying, Hey, you know, send me boob pictures and send me pictures of you naked. And so, you know, like a typical, you know, if you were on Tinder of how you would hook up with someone. So that's kind of the path he's taking, not understanding that Kate is in a different lifestyle so that he's not making those necessarily connections. And it's kind of hard to have that conversation with them. Mm -hmm. I think is what, you know, Kate was having a hard time to find time to say, okay, let's go have coffee and talk about, you know, what do you want from this relationship? What do I want from this relationship? So we've been going back and forth between that. And I think the other complicated part that's in there too, is he's married, he has four kids. So, you know, part of that is like, well, where do our morals fit yeah, in there too? Exactly. Because we don't want to hurt the other person who's on the other end, which would be his wife if she found out. You know, when we were yeah. the, the friend we were talking with tonight, I guess this guy's had multiple affairs on his wife. So, and that you know he's having yeah seven <laughs> seven marital problems, and so you know that kind of changed the dynamics of it too. So I think you know what we had been discussing is we don't you know we've gone back and forth because it's really hard for me because I want to support Kate in this because this is what she wants. But then there's also some conflict there because, you know, there's a you know, moral that internal, dilemma. that internal battle, right? Like, yeah, like yeah I'm attracted battle. to him, but that's is it worth ruining someone's marriage over this. Like when there's going to be plenty of opportunities exactly. to meet your yeah. needs. Right. right. So, right. And right now I'm enjoying the flirting. Like that's what I want right now is the flirting. And it's not like I'm going to meet him in the staff room for any like rendezvous right yeah. i mean he probably would say yes if i said so but that's not what i'm looking i'm getting what i need right now through the flirting so i think it's more of trying like and as as we've evolved a lot even the last week it's i know i'm gonna have to shut that down because i'm asking chris about like so from a guy's perspective what does this mean right like a girl's flirting with you he's like well definitely he's down to fuck you so I'm it's like, going to escalate as soon as you send him naked pictures of yeah. yourself. He's within the next two months, he's going to want to have sex. So it's, and if you're not ready for that, then where does that kind of put you on the spectrum? How are you going to have that conversation with him to say, Hey, I know I'm kind of teasing you with these pictures, but I'm not ready to have sex. So, and I think in the top of that, I think the thing that kind of stops us too is, you know, he's married and yeah. he has four kids. Of course, and kind yeah. of what we kind of wanted out of this is it, this should be a positive and we don't want anyone to have a negative experience. It should be a positive experience for everyone, yeah. including, you know, the male that she's interested in it, including, you know, because he's anyone married, involved, which would wife. be his wife. Yeah. So like right now I'm reading the, the ethical slut. So I'm just getting into a little bit of it and just kind of just kind of taking it all into consideration. Like this needs to be a consensual thing between all parties involved. Right. So if she's not okay with it, that's not something that I want. I don't. Right. I don't. Yeah, no, I think that's now that you have uncovered the consensual and ethical non-monogamy route, it's hard to go back to justifying, Oh, well, it's okay. If it's just the flirting, it's okay. If it's just, this or just, you know, you get to a point where you're like, well, now that I know that this can be done in a way where everybody's happy and healthy and excited, it kind of takes, it kind of lets the wind out of the sails of the deception side of it. In a exactly. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the traditional cheating and yeah, where other way to have sex while you're, you're married to someone. So, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you can do it the right way now, you might as well do it the right way. Huh? So, yeah. <laughs> Your question. So you stole one of mine. Sorry. Uh, the other one is maybe just kind of like some final thoughts, but maybe the question is what, if anything, is 
scaring either of you about moving forward with this? Hmm. I guess mine, and I explained this to Chris last night, would be super excited about this and like, but what if when push comes to shove, I can't do it. Like I can't make out with somebody else. I've kissed him for the last 22 years, right? Like it's, what if I can't... You keep on decreasing the number of years. This is 22? Time's flying by. We've been in this interview for a year. <laughs> I'm counting pre-marriage. Anyways, um, like I think my thing is, is that we've gone through all, all of this stuff and I've got him excited about being with another girl. And then, and then it's kind of like, what if I can't do it? Like, what if there's just so much inner turmoil in me and I just, I'm like, nope. And I don't, I don't want that. Right. Like I definitely don't want that to happen. So I think that's one of my fears. I think you have a different one though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, for me, it's a little bit different because, you know, we've kind of been down that divorce path where we've had infidelity too. And so kind of what scares me with some of the scenarios, you know, to be a little bit vulnerable, which we've kind of been throughout the whole thing is just, you have that fear of, you know, if some of these scenarios play out, are we going to end up lasting as a marriage or is it going to kind of depart because she's going to end up falling for someone else? And I think that kind of stems from the insecurities of having the infidelity before, you know, which I would be okay with because that's what makes her happy. But it's still a fear, right? That you, you know, you're investing time and you're kind of trying to make this relationship work at a different level and then it fails. Uh, That would be my fear, right? Yeah. But I also think too, like even through this last two months, we have probably been the most honest and the best communication this last two months. And we probably have had in five years in. Yeah. Like it's like I show them all the texts I get. I would never have done that before. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I would feel so bad. And like, I just wouldn't have done it. I show him everything. I'm t- I tell him everything. He asked me a question. I don't stumble anymore. Where before I'd be like, oh, I can't say anything in case this hurts his feelings. So we kind of made a little rule, honesty over feelings. So First and foremost, we want the honesty. And then if it hurts each other's feelings, we're going to work on that. Mm-hmm. Like, and well, you talk about it calmly too, where it's, you know, the worst thing to do is you get upset. And I think we've had a couple of those where we've got upset or had anxiety attacks or, or whatever it is, but we worked <laughs> our way through those ones. So it was, you know, we kind of had a test the first time there was a little bit of lying that kind of went on, you know, related to the, you know, the guy from work. And so, you know, once we got that sorted out, I think it was, you know, we both felt a lot better because now it's, Hey, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, there was a little bit of a lie there. Now I've told you what it was. It just doesn't seem as bad that now that I've told you. So I think once we got that past yeah. that part, we've been able to communicate quite a bit better. And what I found too is just even reading the emails, like the, I think the first one I read, or the text, sorry, the first one that I read, it kind of hurt a little bit when you read it because it's just like, whoa, what is going on here? And then after a while, it's just like, hey, this isn't even really, that's, this isn't that bad. It's Especially since he knows that's the way I talk to everybody in my life. Well, not family, but like all my friends. Yeah, but I, that's I know how I am, right? Yeah, she's very flirty, but I know her end goal is that she wanted to sleep with this guy from work. So it's and then it's it's kind of interesting because it takes on this new dynamic where you're supporting your spouse being like, okay, if this is what you want, you want to sleep with this person, then how do we communicate back and forth so that <laughs> yeah. he knows what you're trying to do? And there was a couple ones where it was funny because he wanted these boob pictures of her. And then, so she said, well, maybe when I have more drinks. And then a couple of days later, he asked her, well, are you like a morning drinker yet? Like, are you drinking during work? And she totally missed it. And I was like, Kate, hey, you, you missed that one. He was wanting like to know if you're drinking so that you'll send him boob shots. I was like, like, <laughs> I was like I'm trying to help this guy out here. Okay. <laughs> 
you guys got to get in the game. I'm, I'm or, having to pick up the pieces here. What's going on? Or even when he was on Tinder with that one girl, I'm, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to type this. I'm like, no, do not say that. She will quit the conversation right now. We need to reword it so it sounds like this. Yeah. So it's, for us, it's it was, interesting. And we're dynamic. like, oh, my God, we're so weird. Like, we are helping yeah. each other trying, like, try to get a date with somebody else. Like, who does that? Yeah. We're helping, but that's not weird. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, it's fun though. I think that's the part we enjoy about it is you're helping each other out. It makes both of us happy, so it's good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're definitely better as a team going through this than than individually, at least for the time being. So that's <laughs> good. To be continued. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hope like hopefully it. I think it's important to always try to come back to that team mentality. You know, even if, so people who are, are, you know, date separately and who are in more polyamorous relationships, there's still some aspect of team in depending on what that is, yeah. right? So, or, and I guess maybe what I'm trying to get at is relationships can look like somewhat of teamwork, but depending on different players and, and that team too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a wonderful conversation and thank you for being as vulnerable as you have been. And, we really appreciate it. And we're, I mean, honestly, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm hopeful. Yeah. I guess any final thoughts before we let you guys go and get some sleep and we will be doing the same. I don't think so. I think we're. No, just thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. This was, this was great. We cool. just really hope people will listen and kind of either relate or it will help them somehow in their own journeys and make it a little bit easier for them. We promise it will. Yes. It, every episode seems to. We get emails just about every week. Oh, good. So okay. No fear. <laughs> yeah. So. And it, hopefully we'll talk to you in. Some amount of time. Some amount of time, <laughs> whether that's months or weeks or months or whatnot. We'll Another 22 years, <laughs> 23 years by now. But we have 72 episodes and the life expectancy is at 80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of ground to cover in the next while. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you again and have a wonderful evening and we'll be in touch. Sounds great. Sounds Thanks. Good. Thanks. Thanks so, so much. much. Bye. 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 Bye guys. And we're, we're back. back. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. Thank you, Kate and Chris. And we will have you back again, no matter what Emma says. Hey, I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> thank you again though for the fantastic conversation. We're excited to hear how things are progressing and will progress. Uh, as you guys start to explore. So thank you for being open and vulnerable and sharing with us. Yes. Also, a quick reminder to go check out Alt Playground. They have a wonderful and diverse community, and we're excited to help them grow. Are you telling Kate and Chris, or are you telling everybody? Because Kate and Chris are looking to meet people, too. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Okay. Everybody go do this. Also, if you want to find out more about our show, as why I'm, you're listening, you obviously know some about the show, but if you want to see pictures of our guests and uh, resources. We're falling apart here, folks. <laughs> go check out our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and you can find pictures of our guests. You can also find contact information for us. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to come on the show, we'd also love to hear from you. You can also find a cartoon character of me giving Emma a piggyback ride and her pretending to be an airport plane yeah <laughs> true yeah there's all sorts of shit over at that website we got a new logo we did so yeah we'll we'll stop talking at you we'll go put ourselves together and we'll come back a little more composed next week 
Next week, we have an interview with Jen, and she runs, well, she's one of half of the Monogamish Pod. What, well, what is the Monogamish Pod? It is a podcast. About? Non-monogamy. Non-monogamishamy. <laughs> Sex positivity. Yeah, she was... No, she, she's incredible. She is, and she was actually on the panel discussion from Monday, so... That's the same Jen as you will be hearing from for an hour next week. So Come bu- back. buckle up. It's a fun ride. Okay. We've been rambling that, long enough. She's not a fun ride. Well, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Sit, gonna, stop it. Stop, stop it. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>